You're listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. On this week's episode, I'm going to be talking all about several tactics you should be considering right now while all of this stuff happens with the iOS 14 update rolling out and impacting many paid ads channels, most importantly, Facebook. So if you're ready to explore new channels and talk about alternative ways to start generating more traffic and more revenue for your e-commerce business, then this is a good episode for you. See you in there. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, the founder and CEO of the ethical fashion brand Encircled, business coach, business mentor. I'm excited for you to be back and joining this episode. Welcome back if you were a repeat listener, and welcome, welcome if you are brand new. I'm happy to have you here. Uh, some things you should know about this podcast is that I do not add in a lot of fluff, so everything is super actionable and I only really talk about things that I've tried actually in my own e-commerce business. So I'm not feeding you strategies or tactics that I've not personally tried because who does that? A lot of people do, I guess, online. But for me, it's all about being authentic and transparent about what works and what doesn't work. And that doesn't mean that it's going to work for your business. But with anything, and I talk about this a lot in e-commerce, there is no silver bullet. So you really have to do a lot of testing and learning when it comes to marketing strategies. So today's episode was inspired by the changes that rolled out in the past week on the iOS 14 Apple update. So if you're not familiar with what that is, I have a couple of episodes back where I talk about it, including one where I interview a Facebook expert about it. But in a nutshell, it's a privacy change that has enabled Apple to push a notification and block tracking on apps, including like Chrome um, and the Facebook app as well for tracking activity. So it's an opt-in or opt-out thing for customers, consumers. Um, they can ask the app not to track. And then basically the data is not available for targeting on Facebook ads or pretty much any other ad platform. So it's really universal. It impacts a lot of paid ads specifically, I would say, mostly will impact, I think, for us, retargeting. Because when you're doing a lot of advertising and customer acquisition that's paid, the cold acquisition, so those people that have never heard about your brand, that's like a pretty big pool of people. So even if that audience size gets cut in half, it's not that bad. But if people who've purchased from you before or, you know, have been on your website um, recently or added to cart, all of a sudden that audience is cut in half, that is very, very impactful. So Apple has done this. Nobody really knows why. If, you know, some people have said that Apple did this in an attempt to, you know, be really um, above board with privacy and really make up for what the government lacks in policy. However, a few other people have said this is probably not altruistic and Apple is likely developing their own ad network in the background and trying to get a larger share of advertising, which doesn't seem that unrealistic to me, to be honest, with Apple TV and all these other platforms that they're rolling out. So wherever it's going, it can feel like a bit of a crazy time right now. Actually, my ad's uh, have been up in the last like four or five days, I would say, versus prior. 
but it's definitely been a struggle in 2021. I have not seen really great ad performance. And we recently, um, our ads manager recently left. So we're now back to managing it in-house. And I'm kind of excited about that change because I'm excited to try some new things and different tactics and seeing how I can integrate it more across everything that we're doing in our brand to market it. But that said, I think it's a great time to really think about some alternate strategies that you can employ other than paid ads, because it's very easy to get super reliant on that channel. And if there are big disruptions like what's happening right now or, you know, in the fall when many ad accounts got banned, it can really throw your business for a loop. So it's always good to have a backup plan and a backup plan to your backup plan. So that's what we're talking about on today's episode Uh, some other things that you can do in lieu of Facebook advertising or maybe parallel path to that. The first one I want to talk about is SEO. I think it's really important using this time now to improve how you show up in search. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. Essentially, that is a very broad subject and it includes many different things, but in a nutshell, it's on-site and off-site SEO. So things you can do on your own website and then things you can do off your website. So an example would be like a backlink from like a directory that's really popular to your website would be an example of off-site SEO. And the challenge with SEO is that the principles change often. So you can kind of take a course. I think Shopify has a really good free course you can take that was maybe done a few years ago. And that's a great like basic fundamental how-to course. But the algorithm that's used in the primary search engine that most of us use, which is Google, changes all the time. So you need to kind of stay current as to what the trends are and what's, what works now. But there are some fundamentals that you should be thinking about as you do your product setup, your collection setup, your page setup, blog post setup, all that kind of stuff. And this episode isn't going to be long enough to go into a deep dive in it, but I will say that this is something you should be looking into because organic search is going to be incredibly important for gaining up some of that lost share that you may lose through paid ads and not having that retargeting in place. So the first just fundamentals I like to say about that is as a good practice, it's good to make sure that all of your pages on your Shopify store, your product pages, your collection pages, your blog posts, that they're all optimized and set up properly. So there's something if you scroll down to the bottom, if you go into your Shopify backend and you scroll down, you select a product and scroll down to the bottom, you'll see like edit meta description and title, that is what you want to make sure it's set up properly. Because if it's not, it's just going to pull the defaults. It's going to pull the first like, you know, 60 to 70 characters of the product title. Plus it's going to pull the first like, you know, 255 characters of the product description. And that's not always great. So some of us write product descriptions with, you know, different things at the top that we would want to have the showing up in a search engine. And it should generally be different in a certain circumstance because you really want to be writing with language and keywords that people are searching, not necessarily language around, um, you know, this product is the softest t-shirt you'll ever own. Like you want to be writing things that people are searching for, like, you know, well-worn t-shirt or whatever the keyword is. So that is a fundamental, is something you need to work on. You need to figure out your keyword strategy. So what do you want to index for? And you need to figure out a way to update that. Then there's a whole bunch of like technical SEO stuff that I won't go into because I don't even personally know how to do it, but they have to do with setting up, you know, page titles and tags and all that kind of stuff. I highly recommend 
looking into hiring somebody who can do this for you um, because that kind of technical SEO is the next layer. But even getting that fundamental in, I think, is really great. And the last part of it I would recommend is getting in as many like high-quality backlinks as you can, whether that's from directories or um, any press. Like One of the great things to get about getting PR and media is that those backlinks are really, really strong. So if they're linking to your website, it gives your website more credibility because you can lean on what we call domain authority of those websites. And that gives your website essentially more clout. So the more of those high-quality backlinks you can get, the better. And similarly, if you get really crappy backlinks, it can actually take away from your domain authority. So fundamentals there on SEO. I haven't had a really big deep dive episode on this, but I would love to get somebody on the show who's an SEO expert. So if you know anybody who's interested, let me know, because I would love to interview them and bring you guys a little bit more value on that. The second thing I'm going to talk about, comes no shock probably, is email marketing. So email marketing is a great owned channel to focus on right now. With all the tumultuous stuff happening in Facebook ads, you own your email list. You own that contact one-to-one. It's super trackable. When you email people, you know you know, if they open the email, what they click on, all that kind of great stuff. And you can really control that channel a lot more than you can control Facebook. And yes, you know, email takes time and resources and graphics and content to create but it's a really great use of money. The ROI on email marketing is super, super high. You know, if you think of the return on ad spend, which is a commonly tracked metric in Facebook, and, you know, I don't know what the averages are in the industry. I don't know if there's anywhere that publishes that, but again, it kind of depends because you could easily, as an ads manager, fake a ROAS as being really good. So as an example, if I start an ad account and I'm putting like 90% of the ad budget against like really hot audiences. So people who've added to cart who are going to more likely to convert, you could easily get like a 15 to 20 row ads, but you're not picking up cold new customer acquisition, which is at a much lower row ads. So it's very hard to find like an accurate average, but let's just say it's like somewhere between like one to five, depending on, you know, what your budget is, where you're allocating your money, Um, so, you know, for every dollar you put in, you get somewhere between one to $5 back, um, in sales. I would say five is really good, but you know, one to five, let's say. I would say email marketing is like probably like 50 times ROAS. So like for every dollar you put into, you probably get $50 back, if not more. Um, because the most expensive thing in email marketing is going to be your email marketing software, uh, how you acquire people onto your list, and then the time it takes to write those emails. So it can be a great time investment. And then especially if you're going to set up things like automations and flows, which are really, really profitable and a great use of time. And they're on Automate, so you don't have to mess with them all the time. So that can be a really great channel as well. So if you're interested in learning more about email marketing, check out my free webinars. It's an hour long. It's called five ways to five X your email marketing, and you'll get a coupon code in there for my email marketing masterclass, which I still stand by being a really great course for upleveling your email marketing and going that next level with your revenue in that channel. So, so much opportunity for growth in email marketing, no matter where you are in your business and what stage you're at. All right. So the third thing I would think about is actually trying to bump up some of your organic channels. So really revisiting 
your strategy on your organic social media channels. So some of us have seen a drop in impressions and engagement in the last little while in those channels. I think something happened in March with the algorithm and there was a bug, blah, 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 it doesn't matter. Um, so really f- looking at your social channels and saying like, okay, which channel of your all your social media channels, whether it's like TikTok or Pinterest or whatever, or Instagram or Facebook organic is driving the most traffic? And can you try and do better? So can you do something different to test a strategy? So as an example, I had a new marketing director start in March. And one of the things she wanted to test on our Encircle channels was going down a number of posts per day. And generally, I'm not a fan of that because I know the posts correlate to traffic and impressions. However, we tested it and Generally, we saw that like if we went down to one post a day from two, it drove about the same amount of impressions and reach and actually the engagement would go up. So again, it's all about testing and learning. So if Pinterest is one of your big channels, like can you put out more pins or can you reschedule your pins at different times? Like pick a channel and try and figure out if you can make it better. And if you're not really sure what channel to pick, Uh, Definitely, this is a great opportunity for you to go into your Google Analytics account and figure out which of those social channels is driving the most traffic. So to figure that out, you're just going to want to go into your Google Analytics and click on acquisition and then click on channel social and click on there and see where most of the traffic is coming from. And that will give you an indication of like who's really most interested in your brand on those channels. So the fourth thing I'm going to suggest you think about while Facebook ads are kind of spiraling, is your own website. So what can you do on your own website to make it even better? So can you change your product template so that, you know, you rearrange things on it so it's more easy to use? Can you add something to improve conversion? Can you reshoot your photos? Like what can you control on your actual website that will make a difference to your conversion rate? Because conversion rate is another metric which you can play around with. And yes, a lot of it is driven by quality of traffic, but you can also do different things on your website that may improve it. And I'm not a conversion rate optimization specialist by any means. And I would say that's a really ubiquitous field where you have to have quite a bit of traffic to be able to even test properly. But my best recommendations here are to install a tracking app such as Hotjar or Lucky Orange or similar and actually watch people browse your site. You may be surprised at some of the things that are causing them problems when they're shopping on their website. I'm sure you've had this experience as a consumer where you go on a website and you're all ready to buy and then you can't find that one piece of information to close the deal. I recently had this with, um, I was looking to buy a new mattress, which spoiler alert, I didn't even do because anyways, I'm old school and I don't love the idea of a mattress in a box. But anyways, I was like looking at Casper's website and they had this like brand new mattress and it looks super high tech and had like cooling foam and all these things. And it was really expensive because it's like their top of the line, whatever. And I'm reading it and I'm like, does this come in a box? Like it has springs. Like I was like, that's no way. Like how would they even fit that in a box? But it didn't say how it was shipped. And I think it just assumed, their website assumed, I know that Casper mattresses all ship in box, which makes sense for like these, like the entry level one that's $4.99, which you can squish into a box. But like for something that's like $3,500, that doesn't make sense to me. So I had to like start a chat to even ask that question, to figure it out, blah, blah, blah. blah. So 
that was something where I was super interested in the product, but a lot of people might have just left and been like, ah, screw that. I'll also give you another example. So I went on to, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Casper again, because I actually did make a purchase from them. So I went on, they were having a sale and I went on and uh, I bought a new duvet that's down free and hypoallergenic and a new duvet cover, organic cotton, and then a new mattress pad. So instead of a mattress, I've now got all these accessories, which is ridiculous, I know, but I couldn't decide on a mattress. But anyways, and they were all on sale, except when I clicked on the product from the mattress protector, it was actually not on sale. It was not showing a discount, even though in the collection view it was. And that's another thing where I abandoned my car because I was like, is this actually on sale or isn't it? So start to think through like as a consumer and go on your website and shop as somebody who doesn't know your website or get one of these tools and see how people are browsing your website. You'll be able to see probably some quick wins where you can like improve your conversion rate just by having more information on a product page or adding, a, you know, a line to your FAQ or maybe adding chat or whatnot to your own website. So those are four easy things that you can do if you're feeling the stress of Facebook being all shook up right now. And in general, I just encourage you to use this time, you know, if you are feeling like sales are coming down a little bit, or maybe they're all over the place, a little less predictable to really plan and strategize. You know, the hardest thing is to be unbusy, like as an entrepreneur, because you always feel like you need to be doing something. And I'm very guilty of busying myself with operational things, especially if I have downtime. I'm like, oh, now I got to work on this policy manual. I got to do this. I got to do onboarding, offboarding, whatever. Whereas like the harder work is to really sit back and say, where is this going? What is the vision? You know, what are the goals? What is the strategy? How can we bring this to life? Like, how can we be more innovative? And spending time asking those tough questions. So if you do have downtime right now, I encourage you to do a deep dive and go a little bit into that strategy and think about your brand a little bit more. You know, where are you underinvesting? Where are you overinvesting? You know, use this time to really recalibrate and set up your brand for success in this upcoming quarter. All right, that's it for today's episode. I hope you learned something. If you did, feel free to screenshot this and tag me on Instagram at Christy Sumer. And if you love this episode, please rate and review. It helps me get seen by many other podcast potential listeners like you who are entrepreneurs and could use a little extra tip here to get them back on track. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources, and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.